I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan bringing you home here in uh, the middle of June as recruiting in full swing for Nebraska as they had their largest official visitor weekend in history under Scott Frost. As uh, Thank you again for joining us on the Husker Online podcast. Uh, you'll be able to download us, obviously, on our podcast page. And if you missed the announcement last week, Husker Online, the name, and myself, um, we will have our new home on September 1st. So in the meantime, you'll be able to continue to catch Husker Online and all of our exclusive YouTube content interviews on the YouTube channel. Uh, This week, I caught up with Marcus Washington. Uh, In studio today, we're going to be joined by Marquise Buford along with Turner Corcoran. Um, So we're going to give you exclusive content not only on the YouTube channel, but also on the podcast channel. And uh, we're going to have a number of other interviews. I was with the entire um, offense really for most of this week. I was with the quarterbacks, the running backs, the tight ends, the wide receivers, um, doing a number of different video interviews that will eventually be on the YouTube channel. So if you aren't on the YouTube channel or the podcast channel, make sure you subscribe to both as we're going to give you some different exclusive content here over the coming weeks and months. Uh, And then our new home will be announced on September 1st. But let's get to the news, opening headlines over the weekend. Um, Nebraska gets two commitments, one on Friday, one on Monday. Kansas City area wide receiver Jaden Doss, as we talked about last week on the Husker Online show, committed to Nebraska. That news broke right when we dropped the show. We got it in the show last week because we didn't tape till Friday. Uh, so Jaden Doss kind of got things going uh, with his commitment, but then Brock Knutson from Scott's Bluff made his commitment official to Nebraska. Uh, offensive tackle, uh, 6'7", you know, he's a guy that Played at Mitchell, uh, Class C2 school, a year ago and transferred now over to Scotts Bluff, who I think is probably the early favorite, in my opinion, to win Class B going into the season. Uh, they have Sebastian Boyle, one of the best running backs in the state for Class of 2024. Uh, Brock Knutson, though, commits. Um, there was some thought that he was going to take an official visit to Iowa State. That was the plan as the Cyclones put a lot of sweat equity into Knutson. In fact, Matt Campbell, their head coach, flew a private jet to Scotts Bluff in January to see Knutson. So he was a priority guy, um, and all of that happened before Nebraska offered. Nebraska did not offer until April 9th. That was the red-white spring game. And then from there, they ramped things up in the spring, got him in for the first weekend of June, and made it official. And I think what's significant about the commitment of Brock Knutson He's now the third in-state offensive line commit in Nebraska's class of 2023. Why is that significant? It hasn't happened 
since 1993. Think about that. We're talking almost 30 years since the last time Nebraska has had three in-state linemen in the same recruiting class. Uh, he'll join Gunnar Gatula um, and, and obviously Sam Sledge from Lincoln Southeast and Creighton Prep. Um, as you know, I, I think a lot of people like that. I mean, I, I think having all of your linemen uh, from the region, especially from the state, that's a formula that was very successful for Nebraska for a lot of years. I think the biggest difference now, though, is the game has changed. Um, back in the day, you could take a lot of six foot, six foot one, six foot two linemen. Now, for a lineman to play in a pro league like the Big Ten, you've got to have the size and the measurables to match up because you're going against NFL defensive linemen that are six six, six seven. Um, so it's a different kind of recruiting now in the Big Ten than 20 or 30 years ago. And all of these guys, I think, fit that mold. Knutson 6'7", um, Sledge is 6'4", and Gatula is 6'6". All great frames, all great builds. And I, I like this addition uh, of Brock Knutson getting him on board. Now, the other big recruiting news of the weekend. There were 13 official visitors that came into Lincoln on the weekend. That was the largest in the Scott Frost era at Nebraska. It was the most... Um, in a long, long time. I mean, the last time Nebraska had double-digit recruits on campus was in October of 2017 when Wisconsin came here for Mike Riley's final year. Um, so double-digit recruits does not happen very often, and it's going to happen for Nebraska twice in June. We'll see it again, not this weekend, but next weekend. Um, but I want to focus on a few of the guys that were in this weekend. Malachi Coleman from Lincoln East and Maverick Noonan from Elkhorn South first. Uh, you know, both these guys, first official visits for them, I think it went well. Um, in fact, uh, Malachi Coleman, you know, I, I know it went well um, from everything I've heard, but he's still going to take visits. I thought this was interesting. When we talked to Malachi on Sunday um, in his post-visit uh, press conference, it was le legitimately a press conference uh, outside a coffee shop here in the Telegraph District in Lincoln. Um, he broke down the visit. He plans to not make an announcement until December 15th, and he sounds pretty firm on that. It's not something he's looking to change. And I find this other nugget interesting. He does not plan to enroll early. So he wants to go through basketball. He wants to run track. Why am I telling you that? Because usually when a guy wants to enroll early, they've got to kind of make their commitment ahead of time to make sure their academics and, and things are ready to roll to get somewhere in January. For Malachi Coleman, he doesn't necessarily have to sign in December. I mean, that's what he's going to do. But there's not necessarily a mad rush behind the scenes uh, because he's not enrolling early. He's going to not get to his school until May or June of next year. And let me tell you, Coleman, his stock gets higher and higher by the day. Um, he took part in the seven-on-seven -seven camp after Nebraska's official visit ended with him, went home, had to come back, kind of an NCAA deal, and he looked like a man amongst boys. I mean, it, it was incredible to watch Malachi Coleman in a seven-on-seven -seven setting um, against you know pretty good competition, and nobody was at his level. Nobody. Um, any type of situation where the ball was in the air, one-on-one, -on -one, he was coming down with the ball in, in mid-flight. Uh, now Malachi Coleman um, has moved into the top 100 on rivals. He's a, a consensus top 100 recruit now and on three. Um, so you're, you're talking about a bona fide top 100 recruit in the in-state, Malachi Coleman. Far and away, the number one guy right now, key priority. The other key priority, I mentioned Maverick Noonan from Elkhorn South. He was here with his whole family. 
I think Nebraska is a team to beat right now. I really do. Uh, they're in the driver's seat with Maverick. He's going to visit Minnesota, then Stanford, then Iowa. Um, but I really, truly believe nobody has put the effort in as Nebraska has. And he's got the relationships, particularly with guys like Gunnar Gatula, who uh, they talk pretty regularly. So we'll see where that goes this month. But I like where Nebraska's at as well with Maverick Noonan. Another one to watch out of the weekend, Omarion Miller, the four-star wide receiver from Louisiana, formerly an LSU commit. Mickey Joseph doing Mickey Joseph things, locking up kids from Louisiana. Um, you know, he got Nicholas Crawford here. He got Trey Palmer here. And it looks like O'Marion Miller is going to join as well as um, all the tea leaves kind of point to him committing to Nebraska um, anytime. So we'll see where that goes. But I, th- I thought it went really, really well uh, with O'Marion Miller. In other news, this next weekend, Nebraska is going to have about six or seven visitors. And it's not going to be near the same weekend, but still a pretty good weekend uh, when it's all said and done. There's no Friday night lights. There's no camps. It will just be visitors. So it's been kind of a catch-your-breath week for Nebraska. It will be a slower weekend for the staff. Um, but, you know, it will be a good weekend. Phil Picotti will be here from Pennsylvania. I really like him as a linebacker. It's his second trip to Lincoln, 6'3", 225. When I look at him, my question is this. Can they take both Phil Picotti and Cade McIntyre from Fremont Bergen, uh, the latest in-state inside linebacker they've offered where, where is that discussion at right now? Caden McIntyre visited Nebraska last week unofficially. Will Caden McIntyre visit as an official visitor? Um, but Phil Picotti coming back for another trip, I think, is a thing to watch closely. And then finally, in opening headlines, I wanted to hit on this. I want to talk about baseball. Um, it, it's really, really interesting to kind of see what's going on with Will Bolt's squad right now. Since April 12th, 13 players have been entered into the NCAA transfer portal. Ten have gone in since the season ended. I mean, you talk about a roster flip. We saw, we've seen it with basketball a lot over the years. We're definitely seeing it with football. But Will Bolt and his staff are completely blowing up that roster. And when you see 13 names in the portal since April 12th, 10 since the season ended, that's all you need to know. Um, they have unloaded a lot of room, and they're finding a lot of new faces, whether it's from the portal, whether it's from the JUCO ranks. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see – how Will Bolt and his staff kind of put this all together because clearly they were not happy with the way the season ended a year ago and they decided to bring in uh, a whole host of new players and move out some guys that they didn't honestly have you know great evaluations on because that some of these guys may have only been in the program for less than one year, um, but they're going in a new direction with a lot of these guys on the roster and that is something to keep tabs on moving forward. But we got a great show on tap. Uh, coming up here in the Husker Online Show, we're going to hear from both Turner Corcoran and Marquise Buford. Um, so much more to come. And I'll take some questions as well in the mailbag. That's all next on this week's Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. 
You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan bringing you here through the month of June. And um, got a great show here on tap, as I mentioned earlier. And uh, joining us here first live in studio, um, pleased to bring in to the Husker Online Show, sophomore Nebraska defensive back Marquise Buford, a projected starter uh, going into this year. Marquise, uh, uh, Marcus, welcome here to the show. Nice to be here. Glad yeah. to finally come in in person and get to do the live thing. Yeah, JoJo Doman sat in these chairs every week with us. We did, <laughs> we did a bunch of shows last year, but you know, let's talk about your year. I mean, you came in as a uh, as a freshman last year, and and you kind of earned your stripes on special teams. Mm-hmm. How much did that really kind of get you at least used to maybe the speed of the game, the physicality of the game, and and, and everything you needed to know going forward. Um, being able to get those in-game reps and travel as far as like with the team to every away game and being able to be on the playing roster and getting over 100 reps on special teams in a season is definitely big for any freshman coming in, especially when it's talking about being acclimated to like the fans and the stadium and, you know, it's definitely a huge difference from high school the speed of the game, but I'll say those special teams reps and then as far as like still being able to practice with the ones and with the twos last year was a big thing for me too. When did they know that you were going to be a key special teams guy? Did it, I mean, did you kind of know yourself like early in camp or did, did it kind of play itself out by the end of fall camp? Um, it kind of, they, so boom, this is the crazy thing. They did, they really were trying to, keep me off of special teams because I was just coming off of ACL tear and they didn't want me to, you know, feel like I had to overexert myself to prove a point to them or, you know, make it feel like they they were just trying to make me feel like I'm cool, like I'm good. I don't have to burn my red shirt year. I don't have to do anything like that. But I'm a competitor and I'm a I'm a fierce guy. So I I did everything in my power and I begged them. I told them I was gonna work my hardest at it and that was if that was the only way I was going to be able to get on the field, then I was going to do anything to be the best at that job on the field. So once you got your four games in, did it become a conversation like, all right, we got to know what we're doing here because if we go to five games, the red shirts burn? Um, it honestly was never a conversation. I didn't really, I had no intentions of red shirting, even though like the circumstances I had going on, I still, I wanted to play and I wanted to feel like I was a part of the team and I wanted to, you know get my my I wanted to have my first season be like a learning experience for me and that's how I kind of took that last year well and and share your story because you're really not uh, I mean you're not really a traditional freshman a year ago you went to a prep school right yes sir so you're from Georgia and, and, and no you're, so, you're okay your brother's from Georgia right nah, nah, no no nah. okay. you think about uh that's Gabe. so I grew up in Chicago, Chicago. and then moved to uh Dallas around my junior year of high school and then um after finishing there, I um, went to prep school in Connecticut after my senior year of graduating high school instead of enrolling in the college. And then Mario is your brother, right? Yep. And where's he playing ball at now? DeSoto. In Texas, okay. Yep. So you're, you, you went from te- uh, Texas to Chicago. To Chicago to Texas. Texas to, to Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. To Nebraska. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, that, that's quite a journey. I mean, how, how much have you just learned a lot about life, um, you know, just having to you know, adapt to different cultures. Cause I got to imagine culture in Chicago <laughs> to Texas, to Connecticut, to Nebraska. I mean, you've learned a few things about people. Uh, honestly, 
I would say it's given me a lot of versatility with how I like speak with people and how I hold conversations. Like I'm not going to hold a conversation the same way as I would like with someone that's a friend in Chicago that I would hold in like someone that's a friend in Connecticut because person in Connecticut going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you saying to me? So definitely I picked on picked up on a lot of the East Coast slang while I was in Connecticut, even some um, Canadian slang as well, seeing that some of my teammates were from uh, Canada. Like, I mean, there's not prep schools like that around here. What was that experience like? <laughs> I mean, I, I, by the, I lived in Connecticut for a summer when I was in college and lived, uh, lived um, just outside Hartford. So mm -hmm. I kind of know what Connecticut, yeah, I mean, it's people there don't really care about football like they do. Nah. Or, or, but like, what was your experience like in Connecticut? Um, my experience in Connecticut, I would say I, I, had, a, I had a great experience. Um, my coaches and my teammates were really the only, only thing I cared about in Connecticut. I'm going to be completely honest. So, like, having them be as motivated as I was at the football aspect and having the coaches care and, you know, put us through those tedious workouts and make sure that we were on point all seven days of the week because it's not like we're just going to school for a day and then leaving. We're living there so we're there full time responsibility so just them making it feel like home and taking a, what felt like a bad situation and made it feel good i'll say did you have to wear a, a uniform there oh <laughs> uh, yeah every day so we had slacks a button-up shirt or a suit suit and tie and they did they provide that for guys or did you have to come up with all your own uh dress clothes every day out there or was it like a uniform where everyone wore the same stuff Nah, they um they they did a pretty good job of making sure everybody had the proper uniform attire so um yeah they had like a shop that was connected to the school and then they gave us little discount codes and stuff like that so we could get you know not as high-priced school clothes since we were only going to be there for a few months. So when you talk about, like, prep schools, I mean, this was, like, a legit, like, academic institution. This wasn't just some, uh, like, yeah. football factory, nah, basketball mm -mm. factory. I mean, this was – I mean, yeah. you were around probably a lot of well-to-do kids. Nah, definitely. The, I met a lot of kids that weren't football players. So a lot of – the most of the kids there were athletes, but it was some of the other sports, like baseball or, like, not even baseball or like soccer and stuff like that. They would have some geniuses on their teams and it would be kids from not even from the United States. They'll have kids from Tokyo. They'll have kids from everywhere, from all around the world. So being able to, I don't know, talk, talk to, talk to different people from around the world on a daily basis definitely opened my eyes to things. And it gave me a better view of like, is more to the world than America. Basically, well, I'm sure your confidence kind of has grown just with all these experiences. Uh, yeah. I mean, when I talk to you, you're like, I mean, you don't come off as a guy that's just in your second year at Nebraska. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. That's what I try to I try to maintain that I try to since I've gotten here, I didn't want to feel like the young guy. Like it's cool to be called the young guy. It's cool to, you know, be the young guy. But at the end of the day, nobody wants to be called the young guy or feel like the young guy. So at the end of the day. It's either you gonna act like what they call you the young guy or you just gonna grow up and mature until it's no doubt in anybody's mind that hey, this kid, he got it. He he grow up, he's grown up now. Well, at Nebraska though, you were able to learn from a lot of old guys. Uh, Deontay yeah. Williams, a six year senior, 
Markel Desmuke, a six-year senior, and then Cam Taylor-Britt, who ended up being a second-round draft pick. Yeah. What did those guys at least show you about the routine that you need to have and, and the discipline on the details that you need to have to play at this level? Uh, The work, simple as that. They showed me what it is to come in and actually work. Not, you know, some guys, everybody has their own definition of what they think work is, but those guys, they came to practice every day and they were dialed in. It didn't matter how bad their body was hurting. It didn't matter what happened on Saturday, the last game. They always came to practice and they practiced like it was their last practice ever, even at the beginning of the season. And that was really what I took away from those guys the most, like how hard they worked and like how persistent they were with making sure they were always doing the right thing. How did Nebraska find you, by the way? I mean, what do you remember how they kind of located you and got you on the radar? Um, it was right before I went to prep school, I remember. But it was kind of weird. I was Once I had announced that I was um, reclassifying and doing another year and going to prep school, it was kind of – I was on the hot chair, and everybody was kind of trying to get at me. So – it was it's actually crazy. You got Nebraska and A and M offered me the same day, and I remember it was this huge deal, and I was like, man, A and M. Then I was like, dang, it's Nebraska. So I had to take my visits to both, and at the end of the day, <laughs> you see who won. <laughs> and and you're a projected starter um, going into this year, at least right now. Um, you're going to be a safety. Um, but you can play nickel, you can play corner. I mean, where do you think your skill sets are the best right now on this defense? Um, honestly, I feel like they could put me wherever they want on the field this year, um, whether it's nickel, whether it's safety, whether it's corner. Regardless of where it is, I'm working at, working my game to improve everything around the whole cylinder. Like, I want everything to be technically sound. I want to know every part of the defense. So wherever they – wherever – Coach Chins, Coach Fish, Coach Frost, they feel like I'm needed most in the defense, and then that's where I'm going to play, and I'm going to, you know, do <laughs> do what I do. That's all I'll say. We're talking here with Marquise Buford, sophomore defensive back, projected starter for Nebraska heading into this 2022 season. Marquise, a lot of new guys came in in the secondary. I mean, you go back to December 10th or so, it kind of was like, man, who are they going to mm-hmm. get in the secondary? Because they don't got a lot. Um, and then all of a sudden, I mean, they've brought in like seven or eight more guys yep. um, from that period, whether they're JUCOs, whether they're transfers, whether they're high school recruits now that have just gotten here. Give us kind of the lay of the land on what your room looks like now. Um, I'm, I'll be completely honest. I feel like our room, I feel like our room is closer this year than it was last year, personally. Um. We hang out outside of the stadium. We see each other all the time. We're around each other all the time. And you wouldn't know who the new guy is if you didn't know any better. Like, that's how close-knit, we're tight-knit we are. Um, we've, been doing, we've been doing a great job of, you know, trying to make sure everybody feels like they're welcomed in that home as soon as, like, they get here. And... I feel like at the end of the day, that's going to pay off on the long run as far as like us as a defensive back unit. And we hope we got goals to be the best 
DB core in the country this year, personally. And that's any other guy on our in our defensive back lineup will tell you the same thing. How have you seen a guy like Tommy Hill come in? Because we know he's talented. I mean, how has he been able to kind of blend in with guys like you and Quentin and Miles and some of the veterans? Tommy, Tommy, nice. Tommy's real nice. Um, he he looks like he's been getting better every day. Basically, that's all I'll say. Um, at first, when he first came in, you you could see that he was he was used to different techniques because you know every DB coach teaches different techniques. So his ASU coach probably wasn't teaching the same technique as Coach Fish. But to see how far along he's come and how adapted he's gotten to like just the technical and the football smart side of it is great to me. And Fish is a stickler on technique, I take it, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you don't, you don't, you don't question Coach Fish? Uh-uh. Never question Coach Fish. He know everything. Coach Fish knows all. Well, hey, Marquise, uh, it's been a pleasure to get a chance to have you in studio um, as you kind of get ready for this big sophomore year, not only for you, but for Nebraska football. I know um, there's a lot on the line this year, and you're going to have a big role on this football team. Yes, sir. Uh, we can't wait. We can't wait. That's all I'll say. This team is, I don't know, it just feels, the vibe feels different with everybody around. And even the guys that just got here a few days ago, it's like, They've been here forever at this point. They came in on their visit. We got them. We got around, got them around everybody else, and they got here, and it's just like, hey, let's keep the ball rolling. We finna work. Well, thanks again to Marquise. Much more to come. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, and we just heard from Marquis Buford, Great interview with Marquise. Um, and reminder, check us out. Husker Online YouTube channel, Husker Online podcast channel. Uh, we'll have many more great interviews posted on both channels as well. But pleased to bring in another member of the Nebraska football team. Welcome Turner Corcoran here to the program. Turner, it's great to have you on uh, the Husker Online show. Thanks for having me on. Well, yeah, Turner, let's uh, – First of all, we were talking off air. Um, it's a little downtime. You've, you've gone in. You're, you're all in on Top Gun 2, it sounds like. Dude, that thing was awesome. I love the movie. I love the first one. I love this one even more. Uh, I've seen it twice now. Went with Logan Chubba and uh, Zach Winemaster. And then last night I went and saw it with my girlfriend. Might even see it a third time, so who knows. And as an old guy, I'm 41. Um, I like to hear the young guys like the movies. The old, I mean, like, but it, it, it's a movie really for everyone. It's not like, right. a, I mean, it, I, I like how they like brought new Top Gun fans because mm-hmm. I, I mean, have a lot of your friends seen Top Gun one? Um, you know, to be honest, I don't even knew if I've seen the first Top Gun all the way through until 
like after I saw the second one because I remember bits and pieces of it growing up as a kid watching it with my dad and then I'd go off and play video games at some point during the movie you know just being a kid you know I'd rather play video games anyway but just I remember you know the whole uh, aspect of Mavin Goose and then um, just the whole deal that happened there unfortunately you know Goose passed away but <laughs> when you know um our um, president, Ted Carter, at the university yeah. was a Top Gun pilot. He's a badass. So, yeah, I mean, now yeah. when you see President Carter, and maybe President Carter listens to the Husker Online show, you, yep. you, got, you got to have some Top Gun talk with the president. I, I want to. That'd be sick. Because, you know, watching that movie makes me want to be a pilot, but, you know, being 6'6", six, six, 300 pounds, <laughs> I don't think that really had to be cut out. Yeah, what, what is the height? 6'3", six, 6'4", six, it's probably weight, too. Yeah, definitely probably is. I mean, I don't know. I've never looked it up, but I'm sure there's some specifications <laughs> on how big you could be you could be one of those guys on the ground crew yeah definitely throwing like, some chains around those dudes that catch the chains i mean that that would be a hard job that definitely would and you know those dudes have to be smart too anyone in the navy really has to be smart smart especially to be an aviator um you know just hearing them talk in the movie like those are actual like terms that they use and then listen to tom cruise talk about how this has been years in the making of the movie and talking about flying real was F-18s and stuff like that. That's pretty sick. We're joined here in studio by Nebraska offensive lineman Turner Corcoran. Um, Turner, you're obviously in the midst of summer conditioning. Um, you were limited over the course of the spring um, from full contact work. Give everybody an idea where you're at because you are such a key piece to this offensive line going into this season. Uh, where are you at mentally and physically heading into 2022? Uh, mentally and physically, I'm 110% right now. Um, I'm full force going into uh, summer workouts. There's a few things that I'm a little limited to, but doesn't really obstruct what I'm doing in the weight room or on the field. You know, I'm full go. When you go back to last year, um, you know, I can remember when we were over there in August, you were kind of doing, you know, drills to try to get yourself up to speed. Um, you came in that Illinois game, I remember, kind of off the bench, and it just didn't look like you were fully ready to go health-wise. And, and you had to kind of grind through last year. I mean, what what did last year teach you? Because uh, clearly you weren't obviously the, the, the fully healthy Turner Corcoran at times. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you learned a lot about yourself and, and kind of learned a lot about how to mentally and physically persevere. Yeah, so last year going into fall camp, um, I had a lower body like injury. And so I was really limited. Um even through the third week of fall camp, um, I wasn't taking a whole lot of reps. They knew going into the game that I wasn't going to be able to, like, start. Uh, but going into the game, you know, I was more than prepared on the film, knowing what was coming for me, knowing what was going to hit me uh, on their defensive side of the ball. But what I wasn't ready for was the 18 play drives that we had. Um, that definitely kicked my tail a little bit. Um, and then going through the season, you know, I was still kind of fighting that injury a little bit. And then right as soon as that started to get healthy, I started getting into the upper body kind of pains and um, just the exhaustion from the season and kind of had what I had and just played through it. Yeah, the I'm sure just the, the mind games it played with you because you go back to the Rutgers game, your first yep. start, it was one of the best first starts a true freshman's ever had on the line. I mean, you, you played dynamite and helped Nebraska win on the road on a short week, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that in cold conditions. Right. And, you know, everyone's like, man, this guy is is set. I mean, he's he's an NFL guy ready to roll, and, and he's a staple for the next few years. Um, you know, just now, just from what you've learned, I mean, how ready are you for 2022? I'm, I'm completely ready. Uh, I think that with the system that we're running right now with Coach Raiola, I feel like I got 100% investment in that, and I know that the rest of the guys do. 
um, I know that we will be able to uh, come ready when it comes to Ireland. You know, we're going to be ready for uh, Northwestern. They're going to be ready for us. It's going to be one good game. You can play left tackle. We've seen you play right tackle. There's even been grumblings that, hey, this guy could play center like Nick Gates did yep. years back. Yep. Um, you're kind of built like Nick a little bit in some mm -hmm. respects. Um, I mean, where do you envision yourself at least starting things out heading into this season? Yeah, so uh, actually, cool story. Talked to Nick Gates at the spring game, and, you know, he had a lot of good things to say about me and had a lot of good things to say about, you know, the process and everything. But, you know, talked to him about his injuries, talked to him about my injuries and stuff like that, and he kind of just told me to keep plugging away. You know, this isn't the end, you know, obviously. Um, but, you know, I think I could play exterior or interior, doesn't matter. I feel like I could play from left to right, any five, any five spots. And with Riola coming from the NFL, I mean, I'm sure he's almost used to cross-training guys mm -hmm. because in the league you might only have seven or eight linemen for a whole game, that you know, you, and you have to have guys that can move around. Right. Yeah, no, he's definitely talked to us, the whole unit. I know he said it the other day that we got to be able to play any positions. We got to be able to be utilities on the field uh, in case some guy goes down. We got to bump in. We got to bump out. Doesn't matter. You know, we got to be able to compete. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan uh, joined in studio by sophomore, third-year sophomore, Nebraska offensive lineman Turner Corcoran. That COVID year is so confusing. I mean, you're, what are you, 21? I'll be 21 in July. July, yeah. so – Gotta, you got to stay uh, clean, and, and, mm -hmm. and then you, it, what, what day in July? Uh, July 18th. July, all right. That's yep. a good birthday for a guy in the football because you'll at least have a little time to celebrate. You get, what's your, what are you going to do? You gotta, can you get away on your week off in July? Uh, hopefully I can. Um, you know, I don't want to do nothing crazy because we've got fall camp coming up. Yeah. I want to make sure my body's healthy for that. Um, got the whole season coming up. Um, you know, I think we do have like five or six days uh, away that we have off, and I want to be able to get away a little bit, probably go home, see some friends, see my family, obviously, celebrate my 21st. Um, but, you know, my main goal right now is to win. You grew up in Lawrence. I mean, mm -hmm. your family's still down in Lawrence? Yeah, yeah, everyone's still down So there. you're in the heart of KU, Jayhawk yeah. world growing yeah. up. I mean, uh, do you get a lot of crap from people about Nebraska being uh, a Husker in the middle of Jayhawk country? I mean, not really. But because to some people's credit, like there's a lot of Nebraska fans everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, you know that. I'm going to Wichita in mm -hmm. in July to the Kansans for Nebraskan picnic. Right, right. Yeah, no, like that's the middle of Wildcat country. And I know that there's a rivalry there. And even with KU, you know, I caught some crap from some people back home when I committed here back in junior year of high school. But um, but no, people have my back 100% back there. And it's, it's freaking awesome. You know, this place reminds me a lot of Lawrence, you know, just the atmosphere the college town environment and everything, so to speak, with that. So, and you, I mean, you're played. You're the program you played in was a great high school program, uh, Free State, right? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the top five programs in Kansas most years. I agree. Do you follow? Uh, I mean, they they have guys. I mean, didn't mm -hmm. Nebraska offer a Free State kid just recently? Uh, yeah, they offered two. Jet Deneen, he uh, committed as a walk on to Kansas State. His brother plays at Kansas State. He's a fullback. Jet Deneen, the Deneen family bleeds red and blue, and then. Obviously, a little bit of purple. Now. Little, did you know that the Deneen family's father's from Omaha? Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And he he's a Husker. He's a big Husker. Because we've talked, mm -hmm. and and deep down inside, I mean, but Nebraska doesn't have a fullback position anymore. Mm -hmm. and no. Jax is, I mean. <laughs> Jax would have fit great. Yeah, Jax is, beast. I mean, Jax could be a pro fullback. I agree. I agree. He's, he's a real dude now. Like, if you go 
Husker fans, if you're watching right now, go watch Jackson Ean's highlights on his Twitter. I'm sure it's somewhere on there. He just runs people over. When uh, he was a recruit, Nebraska fans commented, they go, it would be like Danny Woodhead and Andy Janovich having a baby. Yeah, he's a meathead. Like, his neck is huge. He's a solid brick of muscle, can squat like 500 pounds. You know, he'd fit in great here. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's get back. To, uh, tr- uh, so moving forward, um, you, you can play wherever, but do you mm-hmm. think right tackles pro- and Teddy at left, is that kind of in your mind kind of how things will at least start out? I'm not sure, being honest, because right now I'm taking sets at both tackle and guard. I've taken sets at center uh, f- from the left to right side. Uh, for me, I don't – care where I play I just want to play football I just want to help us win and you guys obviously were really close to Greg but um, when you talk about uh, coach Raiola what has he brought to the table kind of what, what has he brought out of you that maybe you didn't have you know maybe wasn't brought out before uh, for me it's kind of hard to say right now just because I haven't been able to really play under him yet because you know the guys that have been able to play under him during spring ball have gotten more out of him from than my perspective because from the spring, I was kind of more of a coach. I was trying to help the guys, you know, get ready for the defense of the week, get ready for the defense of the day. And But I would still obviously do my player duties and, you know, study the offense, study the plays, study the new plays, study the schemes, everything from that perspective, and then even studying our, like, own technique. And so I'm, I'm not going to get into that, but it's, it's just it's going to help us in a lot of ways. How are the meetings different? Like when you guys meet and talk as a group, what's the biggest difference? Uh, there's a certain intensity. You know, you gotta, you can't be falling asleep in those meetings. And, you know, you couldn't fall asleep in Coach Austin's meetings either, obviously. Um, but he's, he's 100%, 100% of the time. Doesn't matter when. He's a pro's where. pro. Pro's pro, exactly. He came from it. He knows what he needs, and he's going to get it out of you. Do you guys watch a lot of pro cut-ups? Yeah, yeah. He'll show his cut-ups all the time from – the Bears when he was coaching there, um, even seeing Tevin Jenkins, he's a Topeka guy, went to Oklahoma State, plays for the Bears now. Uh, talked to him a little bit about Tevin, talked to Tevin about Coach. I uh, still got ties there with Tevin, and, you know, Tevin's always had good things to say about Coach, and Coach has always had good things to say about Tevin. So that's a pretty cool connection. So what's next? I mean, you're just kind of running through the summer. Are you trying to add weight, lose weight, gain muscle? Just kind of, I mean, what, what are you trying to do to your body to get ready for this big season? Right now I'm sitting right around 305, a little above it sometimes. Kind of just depends on the day. Um, but, no, I think I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. Obviously, I'd love to put on more muscle. Who wouldn't? You know, you want to be a rock star. You want to be able to run up and down the beach looking like <laughs> Baywatch. But – you're trying to get a spot on Top Gun. In exactly. One of those football exactly. games. But no, <laughs> uh, you know, just where I'm at right now, I feel healthy. I feel great moving around, running around. I feel athletic, and that's where I want to be. What I mean, when you look at just the overall group, I mean, give me a guy or two that's made a jump. Like who, who has progressed from last year to this year that, that's going to have a chance to maybe be a factor? Um, you know, I thought Bryce had a really good spring. You know, um, he he did a really good job on the one-on-ones. He did a really good job in practice and just, oh, excuse me, uh, day in and day out, just doing what he Bryce needs to Bryce Benhart. Yes, yes. Doing what he needs to do to get the job done. Uh, another one is Trent Hickson. Um, he does a really good job of finishing people, whether it's five yards off the ball or 15. You know, it doesn't matter. He's going to find a way to get you. And he's back. a center, obviously, right now, could play guard. Yeah. yeah Ethan Piper is a guard that can play center. I mean, yeah. there, there's some versatility with uh, some of these guys. A lot of versatility with our, our, our unit. Has Bryce ever tried guard, or is he just strictly tackle still at his um, size? 
I think he's mostly been working tackle. Tackle. Um, from what I've seen. So. Have you ever played any guard before? Uh, I did in the All-American game back senior year of high school. So. Um, and then I think it was Illinois week of my freshman year. I think they threw me in at guard for like a practice or two. But other than that, no. You're just strictly tackle with – I mean, you practice snapping the ball too, right? Mm-hmm. Just to yeah. have that skill. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. Well, Turner, I appreciate uh, you coming in. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Yep. And uh, you got to go see Top Gun. My wife said we got to go see it again too. So I might I might be getting a, a second Top Gun yep. viewing in here this might month. See you there. Too. Yeah, <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Well, hey Turner, uh, good luck um, as you get ready for your uh, sophomore year. I know Thank everyone's you. excited to get out to Ireland. Yeah, no doubt. All right, much more to come. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, uh, glad to be back here with you uh thanks again to marquis buford and turner corcoran um kind of had two longer extended segments to the show as uh we sat down with both guys for about 13 14 minutes apiece. and now it's time to take your questions in the mailbag lots of questions uh, i'm gonna fire the qu- uh, the mailbag on twitter every week obviously right now until we get husker online back on its new home on september 1 uh, we don't have the uh, the message board to to post the mailbag question, but getting a lot of great questions on Twitter. I'm at Sean underscore Callahan, um, and I'll post that question every week to be a part of the mailbag. And I want to get right into uh, what we have. Uh, let's start out with a question from Sean Glennon. Sean asks, "Where do things stand with Nuri Noelli on the O line?" Thought he did well last year, but haven't seen many projections of him in the starting lineup so far. Well, what I'll say is this. I, I just think that guard position is very wide open. Nothing has truly been settled. I think there are a lot of questions in general. Yeah, if you're going off last year, Nuri Noel is a starter. Um, I think when you look at that right now, there's five guards to me that are contending for starting jobs right now. You have Nuri Noelli, obviously a returning starter late in the year. You have Kevin Williams, who came in as a transfer, who had a really good spring. He looks good physically. Ethan Piper is a possibility. He can play guard. Then you go to the right side, and I I really think it's two guys right now at that right guard. Um, You you start out with Brock Bando. Uh, Brock Bando, um, you know, coming back for his final year, local Lincoln kid. And then finally, uh, Henry Latoski, a younger player that the coaching staff is very high on. So I just think when you look at guard right now, there's five players there and nobody has really gotten a leg up. I think at least right now you feel good about three people though as starters today right now. I think Teddy Prohaska at left tackle, Turner Corcoran at right tackle, and then Trent Hickson at center. I think those guys at least today are in my starting group. I think guard is very much wide open. Next question comes from Husker Nation fan on Twitter. Other than the obvious coaching staff changes, what is the biggest difference in this year's team from last year that has led you to so much optimism? First of all, I don't want to act like I'm overly optimistic. I think the biggest thing for me is the schedule, guys. I mean, you, you look at the schedule last year. Nebraska played eight teams, eight teams that won nine or more games. Right now, when you look at Nebraska's schedule, 
Their first nine games, they play one team with an over-under in Vegas of higher than seven and a half. I don't pretend to be a mathematician, but the, the, the numbers don't lie. Nebraska has a better opening nine games than they did a year ago, where last year they played arguably one of the toughest schedules ever at Nebraska. So I think the optimism is not necessarily all about the players and the team. It's more about the schedule and the opportunity, and it all starts with Northwestern. Nebraska has to go out to Ireland and win that game. End of discussion. If they win that game, get to 3-0 going into Oklahoma, I think things have a chance to be pretty magical next year. But if they lose that first game of the year, just like Illinois last year, it could really knock things off. Next question uh, from Husker Aid. Who has the fastest 40 time on the Husker Online crew? Well, right now it's me because I'm the only person at Husker Online right now. Uh, I am alone on an island with just me and Husker Online and the Husker Online podcast and the Husker Online YouTube channel. So uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we'll have a new home, a new web home starting on September 1st. If you type in HuskerOnline.com, it will take us to a link tree uh, that shows you all of our different social channels and ways to find us. But our official URL home will not be announced until September 1st. Next question is from Blessing Tran. With all of the receiver recruits, does that mean Benny Nagoy is no longer a priority? I think big picture when you look at Benny Nagoy, if you're not familiar with Benny, he's a Lincoln High kid, uh, was offered in the spring by Mickey Joseph. Um, I kind of think that was an offer that was made without necessarily the full blessing of the coaching staff. I, I think uh, they offered him and they realized, like, wow, we already have a lot of receivers that were in pretty high on the board. I think it comes down to this. There are, they are in on better receivers than Benny Nagoy that they currently have higher on their board. And they have not really recruited Benny since his offer. I mean, he has not been on campus. Uh, they have not spent much time talking to him. So I'll be curious where it goes with Benny. Very talented player, but I just think right now um, he's not in the mix for one of those receiver spots. Next question comes from Husker Scoop. Are you concerned with the lack of DT visits scheduled this month? No, uh, because the transfer portal and other things down the road, they always have options. But yes, uh, they need to get some defensive linemen on this board. No question, no question about that. Uh, they need to kind of prioritize who they want in those spots. Got a question here from Isaac Kurtenbach. Wants to know about baseball. What's going on with the program? A lot of good young talent, but it seems like we lost some experience during the offseason. And, and you're right, Isaac. Uh, we talked about this in opening headlines out of the gates. Uh, there's been a lot of changes in that program, a lot of attrition. Bottom line is Nebraska did not make the Big Ten tournament. They were ninth place in the conference or 10th place in the conference. I ain't getting it done. And Will Bolt has higher standards. He is doing what he can to get this roster turned around. Moving on, Cornusker Cole has a great question. Behind Northwestern, what opponent is Nebraska's second most important game of 2022? Tell you what, Cole, I have not given that a lot of thought, um, but that is a great question um, when, when you think about it big picture because you can go a lot of ways. Um, I kind of think Iowa. I really do. I, I think Iowa, just because of how close that series has been, Nebraska needs to figure out a way to get over the hump against Iowa. that They have been so close, and I, I just think that is a big game moving forward. Next, let's go on to Michael Barrett has a question. Sean, with the interviews that you have done so far with the incoming freshmen and transfers, who stands out the most? Another good question. Um, 
I lean towards some of those older defensive transfers. I think O'Shawn Mathis and Stephon Wynn and Devin Drew. I've just been really impressed with those guys, the way they carry themselves and and the the physic, physical bodies they bring to the table. I think Nebraska's got some good players in this group. Um, so I, I like those defensive guys on offense. I see a lot of confidence with guys like Trey Palmer. I'm so intrigued with quarterback, where that's going to go. We know, we think now it's Casey Thompson, but I do think Cheva Purdy is going to make this thing interesting. And finally, let's go to Steven. Steven has a question here. I'm wondering if this season will be the big bang and slingshot forward. Will the Husker O-line be the difference makers if so? I think to have a good year, period, you have to have a good O-line because if you can't run the ball, if you can't protect the quarterback, it's hard to do much on offense. And that's been a problem. Nebraska is not protected well at times, and they have not run the ball well. So if this season is going to turn around, it's going to start up front. And I think Donovan Riola is as key of a hire as anybody. What he gets out of this group and where it goes going forward. Well, that wraps it up here for this week's edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks once again to Turner Corcoran and Marquise Buford for joining me. Uh, great interviews. We look to bring in more guys each week as we've kind of had to repackage the Husker Online Show. But Still, my goal every week is to bring you lots of great guests, lots of great content, and make this your one-stop shop for once a week. Get everything in one hour on everything you want to know about Nebraska athletics. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 